take the brand that has been servicing well for you on the air and understand that your audience does use digital platforms you need to be where they are. Welcome to Brand with On Demand, your guide to rebooting radio. A vision of the future for radio, uh, not to shy away from the fact that the audience is getting older, but to understand their consumption capabilities and the fact that there's probably more money with boomers than any other generation at this time. Yeah. And it's money that they're willing to spend. Brandwith On Demand. Rebooting radio with a different take on all radio can be. Now your guides through the media morphosis, David Martin, and author of the book Brandwith, media branding coach, Kipper McGee. Dave Van Dyke was raised in radio, showcasing talents on air, in programming, sales marketing, and research. For over two decades, he held posts such as VP of KCBS Los Angeles along with senior management positions at Westinghouse, Viacom, Infinity, and the ABC Radio Networks. Now he's focused on every facet of radio and internet audience measurement and is widely recognized for his ability to forecast and gauge all media. His firm, Bridge Ratings Media Research, conducts several studies annually to determine the impact of a variety of media which compete for consumers' time. Much of this data is rolled into some great reports and analysis, which we link to in our show notes. Brand with On Demand is pleased to welcome a true Renaissance radio mind and one of the industry's most noted thought leaders, Dave Van Dyke. Hey, Dave. Dave, you must have gone through some sort of writing course since I last spoke to you. That's just very flowery and beautifully done. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. <laughs> Well, Dave, among other things, you guys at Bridge really are looking at the impact of digital on our traditional media options. So to jump right in, you noted that digital TSL is exploding, especially since the pandemic hit last year. What does radio, and specifically our radio brand, need to do today in order to be relevant tomorrow? Well, I think the... Uh solution lies in the digital space, to be quite frank. And I think that the idea, and th these aren't really new thoughts. These are things that we've spoken about for you know, at least 10 years, if not longer, as you might realize. Radio was very, as a general industry, was very late to the party in terms of acknowledging the digital side of our business, which really began uh, digital having an impact in the early 2000s, 2001. In fact, that's that's when Bridge Ratings started as a ratings company for radio, but it quickly evolved into a company that was analyzing digital's impact on radio listening. And over the course of the last 20 years, there have been a number of digital options that have been really at the forefront of the siphoning of time spent listening. So there are rules to go by in terms of, the, you know, general radio performance and programming and just understanding your audience. But I believe that radio needs to continue to take these giant steps forward in terms of being everywhere, in terms of not only their transmitter, but digitally being on any platform they can possibly be. And radio is a traditional medium. And folks are finding that there are ways to get the music aspect of radio in a million different ways. And so what is the answer? The answer is what we've been talking about for several years, and that's what's between the records. And 
for the folks who are programming today and those interested in coming on board to radio, it's understanding how you can differentiate radio from its digital offerings. You can find our music anywhere, really. And so you find a way to determine the best possible curated music list for your station, if that's the kind of radio you're doing, and then concentrate on what's going between the records, developing your personalities to be much more than just card readers or developing an audio sound that is different than just you know songs being played one after the other on a streaming platform. And we're finding that the old adage of local, local, local is even more important today than ever. Uh, there are stations around the country that have taken this by the horns. For example, they're being very responsive to things relating to the COVID pandemic. And they're, for example, helping local folks in terms of, you know, with the vaccines at this particular point in time, getting their radio stations there to help in any way they possibly can. But the idea is to become pervasive in the community where a digital platform cannot be. So those are some ideas in terms of a, of a short form idea. In terms of time spent listening, I'm afraid that there's going to continue to be attrition. It's just a matter of fact. Let's face the facts. Just make sure that the programming you have is the best it can be. And it's the most contagious thing besides the virus. It's the most contagious thing that you can offer a listener in terms of wanting to come back and find out what's happening. I don't want to miss a thing. That's great advice, Dave. Now, what can radio brands do? You covered share of ear, great. But what about share of ad dollars? What can radio do about that? Well, once again, we're talking about expanding the digital footprint as far as it's concerned. In the early 2000s, you know, radio stations were just beginning to understand how to do it. And again, they were late to the party as an industry. Uh, there are some companies in our business now that are doing quite well in terms of offsetting some of the traditional decline in ad dollars with digital. And that's, that's the way to continue going. And so the bond between uh, the radio listener and the radio station's digital footprint has to continue to be perfected. And what we're talking about is being on as many digital platforms as possible and then monetizing that. The radio industry is in a tough position because general revenues are softening, but the growth last year even during the pandemic, was in the digital space. Mm -hmm. So that's a clear indication that that's really where radio needs to spend more of its time. As you've, you all know, radio has become a transactional business. And so if it's that, then the idea is to try to continue to perfect the sales effort in terms of the traditional dollars, but try to become much more adept at understanding how you can monetize every platform digitally that you're on as well. And that really is the best advice I can give as far as offsetting the attrition that we're seeing in traditional dollars. And it's just a natural follow the money. Yeah. And so following up on that, you've also pointed out some kind of interesting trends, both in generational listening levels and their spending patterns. Now, if I'm reading that right, that would tend to bode well for at least the older audio listeners on radio, or does it? Well, yes, uh, there were many increases in digital listening, for example, online and to streaming services last year. But 
the greatest increases were among people 55 plus. And I think that covers not only the streaming services, but also the digitally delivered uh, signals of radio stations where people have become much more comfortable during the lockdowns in finding ways to other ways for them to listen to the radio. As we know, music and other radio consumption really has been the automobile's prime location for many years increasingly. Mm -hmm. And because of the lack of that or reduction of that during the last year, people at home have discovered other ways to listen to the radio. And most of that growth came from the older listeners. Mm -hmm. And so I think from a time spent listening perspective, all demographics and generations are increasing their consumption digitally. The only place that radio seems to be increasing its, its time spent listening is the 55 plus listener. And that's because they're very comfortable with this medium. And frankly, the radio industry, again, really never came to the party for programming and offering content for younger listeners. Now, I know a couple of companies that we're consulting are working on a younger format that's going to be sort of rooted in music discovery that's based out of platforms like TikTok. But whether or not that's too late there's a unique sales strategy associated with this plan, even though it might be a smaller, younger audience, but they are also a mobile audience and do listen in the car. And so if radio can grab some of those people on one of the multi-station groups, maybe they can take a non-performing signal and try to go after some of the younger audience, even if it's a smaller group. It's probably an interesting way to go to try to garner some of the dollars that might otherwise go to a digital platform targeted at 18 to 24 year olds. Well, Dave, looking at the younger demos, you see that a media gauntlet is underway. I mean, can you explain that? What's its meaning for generational media mindsets of our listeners? When I was referring earlier to the fact that radio has gone through a number of attacks from a digital perspective, I was really referencing this chart that hopefully you'll, you'll link to, which is basically called the new media chart for a gauntlet, I called it, because radio has really been sort of suffering the attacks, the slings and arrows of multiple digital platforms over the last 20 years. And, you know, it all started back in, in 2001 when file exchanging was beginning to become a popular thing. And then it just began to have additional people and, and companies coming after the listener. Uh, be satellite radio, internet radio, cell phone consumption, things, streaming, all of these things uh, really relate to this gauntlet that radio as an industry has gone through. And the chart that we're referring to shows the journey that radio listening, specifically time spent listening, has taken over the last 20 years in the face of all this competition, continuous hits, if you will, meaning like a boxer continually getting hit. And generationally, it's, it's certainly obvious what's happening here and what we were like just referring to. We have less of an issue with the older audience. And one of my great managers and icons in our industry, Mel Karmazin, once said to a sales department that I was managing, 
if you can't sell the numbers you have, and at the time we were an oldie station, if you can't sell the numbers, you really don't belong in the business because that's an audience that's quite capable of consuming products and services. And so the same thing applies here to a vision of the future for radio, uh, not to shy away from the fact that the audience is getting older, but to understand their, their consumption capabilities and the fact that there's probably more money with boomers than any other generation at this time. Yeah. And it's money that they're willing to spend. So the gauntlet that you're referring to is, is essentially an understanding of how much of an attack the radio industry has been under, especially for time spent listening by the digital platforms that uh, really started growing you know, in the early 2000s and what it's really done to the radio industry. Remarkably, when you really think about it, the industry has done quite well in terms of blocking a lot of these shots. But still, it's the time spent listening factor, and it's a natural understanding that if radio had 90% of the time spent with audio back in 2000, with uh, 15 or 16 additional competitors over the course of the last 20 years, something had to give. Mm -hmm. But people are still tuning into the stations and the idea is to continue to perfect what the radio station may offer on its air, but to also project that into a digital realm. Absolutely. So you also note some interesting ad investment patterns for the major online players. What does this mean for radio and their various distribution platforms as we all try to keep up in the multi-platform race? Well, when you look at this particular graphic, there are a number of obvious locations and directives in terms of where money is going to be spent this year, 2021. The obvious ones being YouTube and Google and Instagram and TikTok and Facebook in that order. So it seems to me there's a roadmap right there for radio to improve and continue to expand its intervention into those types of platforms and I know a lot of successful uh, radio companies are trying their, their best to come up with ways to offer monetizable, if that's a word, content that can be used on YouTube. And certainly a lot of uh, on-air personalities use Instagram. Many of them are beginning to understand the potential for advertising revenues through TikTok. Uh, Facebook has been around for a while and, and there's continues to be that kind of potential on Facebook as well, especially now that Facebook is beginning to shed much of the time spent by the younger folks who are now finding Instagram to be a better place to go. And Facebook is beginning to, in, in its general uh, appeal, to be much more oriented or used by older folks. Mm -hmm. And so those are some platforms where radio needs to become much more active. And the idea is to expand the brand. Make sure your brand is evident and available wherever your listeners are. And if there's a way to have an extension of your brand on these platforms, it can be monetizable because there are a lot of people using those platforms. Mm -hmm. And it's really not all that much of a mystery where you need to be. There are logically big platforms where many people go, even adults over 50 years of age are using these, these platforms as well. And then there are others that may not be as wise of an investment, for example, WeChat or Twitch, which mm -hmm. is the gaming site, or Pinterest, which is a great site, but it may not be appropriate for radio investment. And so 
this particular chart, I think, is a good roadmap for any company who wants to expand the brand to the areas where their listeners are. We're with Dave Van Dyke of Bridge Research. Hey, somebody you'd like to hear from? We'd love to hear your suggestions. Email us at show at brandwithondemand.com. Your suggested guests can join other great media thought leaders as well as programmers like Geo Cook from K104 Dallas, Robin Bertolucci from KFI Los Angeles, and almost 150 others all in the previous episodes wherever you downloaded this. Okay, so you want to make your show or your stations better, but these days, really, who has the time? Especially if you're doing multiple air shifts on different stations, maybe not even in the same town. One secret weapon that I share with my clients, Personality Magnet from Tracy Johnson. Topics, phone bits, great ideas for on-air and online, plus some tips just to make your show better. Now, normally you can get Personality Magnet for less than a buck a show, but between now and the 4th of July, you can get the brand with discount. That's right, half off of a yearly plan. 50% off now through the 4th. So check out some free samples, and if you like it, get half off the annual plan. Just text Personality Magnet, one word, to 44222. Personality Magnet, one word, 44222. Your ratings and your paycheck. Well, thank you. Coming up, Dave Van Dyke shares some opportunities that many may find hiding in plain sight. Hey, it's Barbara Bridges, Operations Manager for Midwest Communications in Nashville. Our whole company is on the Music Master platform, and we love it. They're so responsive to any of the needs that you have. It's going to create a log that you absolutely love. Ready to become a Music Master raving fan? Get in touch at musicmaster.com slash sales. Opportunities hidden in plain sight. Brand with On Demand. We're with one of the best and brightest in media, Dave Van Dyke from Bridge Ratings Media Research. Dave, thinking about traditional broadcast radio, what's one opportunity that you find really hiding in plain sight? I would say that every radio station that I know of and work with is, is always very interested and concerned with their brand. And the idea today that's obvious that I don't think the industry is taking as much of an advantage as they can, is moving their brands onto digital platforms and monetizing those. There's money there. The brands have strengths, especially if you work at that in your local markets. And that is probably the the keenest idea that one can use in, in this day and age is to take the brand that has been servicing well for you on the air and understand that your audience does use digital platforms, you need to be where they are. Our thanks to be always insightful, Dave Van Dyke of Bridge Media Research. You'll find all kinds of interesting data from Dave and his firm, along with other great stuff in the show notes. Just scroll down on your phone. As always, our special thanks to exec producer Cindy Huber for making this all happen. And coming up next... To celebrate episode 150. Hey, Steve. BJ. Look, I know that this episode right now is a great episode that everybody's listening to. But you, come on. The next episode I heard is going to have two amazing people. It's going to be probably the best episode they've ever had. 
I mean, the sweet sounds of BJ and Migs are going to be heard on the next episode. And if you're lucky and you listen close enough, you might even hear my daughter, who's maybe 15 months old right now, speak in the background. So that is must listen to, if you tell me. (laughs) That's right. To mark our 150th, our very first guest, BJ Shea and morning partner Steve Miggs. BJ and Miggs from KISW Seattle in their triumphant return. That's a rat kipper. When is the male not really the male? Well, when it's female. We'll talk about it in one minute, Martin <laughs> Ising. Find it in the show notes at brandwithondemand.com. I'm Dave Martin. And I'm Kipper McGee. May all your brand with be wide.